homily two of homilies on colossians by st john chrysostom this librivox recording is in the public domain homily two colossians one nine and ten for this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray and make request for you that ye may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding to walk worthily of the lord unto all pleasing bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god for this cause what cause because we heard of your faith and love because we have good hopes we are hopeful to ask for future blessings also for as in the games we cheer on those most who are near upon gaining the victory just so doth paul also most exhort those who have achieved the greater part since the day we heard it saith he we do not cease to pray for you not for one day do we pray for you nor yet for two nor three herein he both shows his love and gives them a gentle hint that they had not yet arrived at the end for the words that ye may be filled are of this significancy and observe i pray the prudence of this blessed one he nowhere says that they are destitute of everything but that they are deficient everywhere the words that ye may be filled show this and again unto all pleasing in every good work and again strengthened with all power and again unto all patience and long-suffering for the constant addition of all bears witness to their doing well in part though it might be not in all and that ye may be filled he saith not that ye may receive for they had received but that ye may be filled with what as yet was lacking thus both the rebuke was given without offence and the praise did not suffer them to sink down and become supine as if it had been complete but what is that ye may be filled with the knowledge of his will that through the son we should be brought unto him and no more through angels now that ye must be brought unto him ye have learnt but it remains for you to learn this and why he sent the son for had it been that we were to have been saved by angels he would not have sent him would not have given him up in all spiritual wisdom he saith and understanding for since the philosophers deceived them i wish you he saith to be in spiritual wisdom not after the wisdom of men but if in order to know the will of god there needs spiritual wisdom to know his essence what it is there is need of continual prayers and paul shows here that since that time he has been praying and has not yet prevailed and yet has not desisted for the words from the day we heard it show this but it implies condemnation to them if from that time even assisted by prayers they had not amended themselves and making request he says with much earnestness for this the expression ye knew shows 
but it is necessary still to know somewhat besides to walk worthily he says of the lord here he speaks of life and its works for so he doth also everywhere with faith he always couples conduct unto all pleasing and how all pleasing bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god seeing saith he he hath fully revealed himself unto you and seeing ye have received knowledge so great do ye then show forth a conduct worthy of the faith for this needeth elevated conduct greater far than the old dispensation for he that hath known god and been counted worthy to be god's servant yea rather even his son see how great virtue he needeth strengthened with all power he is here speaking of trials and persecutions we pray that ye might be filled with strength that ye faint not for sorrow nor despair according to the might of his glory but that ye may take up again such forwardness as it becometh the power of his glory to give unto all patience and long-suffering what he saith is of this sort summarily he saith we pray that ye may lead a life of virtue and worthy of your citizenship and may stand firmly being strengthened as it is reasonable to be strengthened by god for this cause he doth not as yet touch upon doctrines but dwells upon life wherein he had nothing to charge them with and having praised them where praise was due he then comes down to accusation and this he does everywhere when he is about writing to any with somewhat to blame them for and somewhat to praise he first praises them and then comes down to his charges for he first conciliates the hearer and frees his accusation from all suspicion and shows that for his own part he could have been glad to praise them throughout but by the necessity of the case is forced into saying what he does and so he doth in the first epistle to the corinthians for after having exceedingly praised them as loving him even from the case of the fornicator he comes down to accuse them but in that to the galatians not so but the reverse yea rather if one should look close into it even there the accusation follows upon praise for seeing he had no good deeds of theirs then to speak of and the charge was an exceeding grave one and they were every one of them corrupted and were able to bear it because they were strong he begins with accusation saying i marvel so that this also is praise but afterwards he praises them not for what they were but what they had been saying if possible ye would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me bearing fruit he saith this hath reference to works strengthened this to trials unto all patience and long-suffering long-suffering towards one another patience towards those without for long-suffering is toward those whom we can requite but patience toward those whom we cannot for this reason the term patient is never applied to god but long-suffering frequently 
as this same blessed one saith otherwhere in his writings or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering unto all pleasing not one while and afterwards not so in all spiritual wisdom he saith and understanding for otherwise it is not possible to know his will although indeed they thought they had his will but that wisdom was not spiritual to walk saith he worthily of the lord for this is the way of the best life for he that hath understood god's love to man and he doth understand it if he have seen the son delivered up will have greater forwardness and besides we pray not for this alone that ye may know but that ye may show forth your knowledge and works for he that knows without doing is even in the way to punishment to walk he saith that is always not once but continually as to walk is necessary for us so also is to live rightly and when on this subject he constantly uses the term walk and with reason showing that such is the life set before us but not of this sort is that of the world and great too is the praise to walk he saith worthily of the lord and in every good work so as to be always advancing and nowhere standing still and with a metaphor bearing fruit and increasing in the knowledge of god that ye might be in such measure strengthened according to the might of god as is possible for man to be through his power great is the consolation he said not strength but power which is greater through the power he saith of his glory because that everywhere his glory hath the power he thus comforts him that is under reproach and again to walk worthily of the lord he saith of the son that he hath the power everywhere both in heaven and in earth because his glory reigneth everywhere he saith not strengthened simply but so as they might be expected to be who are in the service of so strong a master in the knowledge of god and at the same time he touches in passing upon the methods of knowledge for this is to be in error not to know god as one ought or he means so as to increase in the knowledge of god for if he that hath not known the son knoweth not the father either justly is there need of increased knowledge for there is no use in life without this unto all patience and long-suffering he saith with joy giving thanks unto god then being about to exhort them he makes no mention of what by and by shall be laid up for them he did hint at this however in the beginning of the epistle saying because of the hope which is laid up for you in the heavens but in this place he mentions the things which were already theirs for these are the causes of the other and he doth the same in many places for that which hath already come to pass gains belief 
and more carries the hearer along with it with joy he saith giving thanks to god the connection is this we cease not praying for you and giving thanks for the benefits already received seest thou how he bears himself along into speaking of the son for if we give thanks with much joy it is a great thing that is spoken of for it is possible to give thanks only from fear it is possible to give thanks even when in sorrow for instance job gave thanks indeed but in anguish and he said the lord gave the lord hath taken away for let not any say that what had come to pass pained him not nor clothed him with dejection of soul nor let his great praise be taken away from that righteous one but when it is thus it is not for fear nor because of his being lord alone but for the very nature of the things themselves that we give thanks to him who made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light he hath said a great thing what has been given he saith is of this nature he hath not only given but also made us strong to receive now by saying who made us meet he showed that the thing was one of great weight for example were some low person to have become a king he hath it in his power to give a governorship to whom he will and this is the extent of his power to give the dignity he cannot also make the person fit for the office and oftentimes the honour makes one so preferred even ridiculous if however he hath both conferred on one the dignity and also made him fit for the honour and equal to the administration then indeed the thing is an honour this then is what he also saith here that he hath not only given us the honour but hath also made us strong enough to receive it for the honour here is twofold the giving and the making fit for the gift he said not gave simply but made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light that is who hath appointed us a place with the saints but he did not say simply placed us but hath given us to enjoy even the very same things for the portion is that which each one receives for it is possible to be in the same city and yet not enjoy the same things but to have the same portion and yet not enjoy the same is impossible it is possible to be in the same inheritance and yet not to have the same portion for instance all we clergy are in the inheritance but we have not all the same portion but here he does not say this but with the inheritance adds the portion also but why doth he call it inheritance or lot to show that by his own achievements no one obtains the kingdom but as a lot is rather the result of good luck so in truth is it here also for a life so good as to be counted worthy of the kingdom doth no one show forth but the whole is of his free gift therefore he saith 
when ye have done all say we are unprofitable servants for we have done that which was our duty to do to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light he means both the future and the present light that is in knowledge he seems to me to be speaking at once of both the present and the future then he shows of what things we have been counted worthy for this is not the only marvel that we are counted worthy of the kingdom but it should also be added who we are that are so counted for it is not unimportant and he doth this in the epistle to the romans saying for scarcely for a righteous man will one die but peradventure for the good man some one would even dare to die verse thirteen who delivered us he saith from the power of darkness the whole is of him the giving both of these things and those for nowhere is any achievement of ours from the power of darkness he saith that is of error the dominion of the devil he said not darkness but power for it had great power over us and held us fast for it is grievous indeed even to be under the devil at all but to be so with power this is far more grievous and translated us he saith into the kingdom of the son of his love not then so as to deliver man from darkness only did he show his love toward him a great thing indeed is it to have delivered from darkness even but to have brought into a kingdom too is a far greater see then how manifold the gift that he hath delivered us who lay in the pit in the second place that he hath not only delivered us but also hath translated us into a kingdom who delivered us he said not hath sent us forth but delivered showing our great misery and their capture of us then to show also the ease with which the power of god works he saith and translated us just as if one were to lead over a soldier from one position to another and he said not hath led over nor yet hath transposed for so the whole would be of him who transposed nothing of him who went over but he said translated so that it is both of us and of him into the kingdom of the son of his love he said not simply the kingdom of heaven but gave a grandeur to his discourse by saying the kingdom of the son for no praise can be greater than this as he saith elsewhere also if we endure we shall also reign with him he hath counted us worthy of the same things with the son and not only so but what gives it greater force with his beloved son those that were enemies those that were in darkness as it were on a sudden he had translated to where the sun is to the same honour with him nor was he content with only this in order to show the greatness of the gift he was not content with saying kingdom but he also added of the sun 
nor yet with this but he added also beloved nor yet with this but he added yet the dignity of his nature for what saith he who is the image of the invisible god but he proceeded not to say this immediately but meanwhile inserted the benefit which he bestowed upon us for lest when thou hearest that the whole is of the father thou shouldst suppose the son excluded he ascribes the whole to the son and the whole to the father for he indeed translated us but the son furnished the cause for what saith he who delivered us out of the power of darkness but the same is in whom we have the full redemption even the forgiveness of sins for had we not been forgiven our sins we should not have been translated so here again the words in whom and he said not redemption but full redemption so that we shall not fall any more nor become liable to death verse fifteen who is the image of the invisible god the first-born of all creation we light here upon a question of heresy so it were well we should put it off to-day and proceed with it to-morrow addressing it to your ears when they are fresh but if one ought to say anything more the work of the sun is the greater how because it were a thing impossible to give the kingdom to men whilst continuing in their sins but thus it is an easier thing so that he prepared the way for the gift what sayest thou he himself loosed thee from thy sins surely then he himself also hath brought thee nigh already has he laid by anticipation the foundation of his doctrine but we must put a close to this discourse when first we have made one remark and what is this seeing we have come to enjoy so great a benefit we ought to be ever mindful of it and continually to turn in our minds the free gift of god and to reflect upon what we have been delivered from what we have obtained and so we shall be thankful so we shall heighten our love toward him what sayest thou o man thou art called to a kingdom to the kingdom of the son of god and art thou full of yawning and scratching and dozing if need were that thou shouldst leap into ten thousand deaths every day oughtest thou not to endure all for the sake of office thou doest all manner of things when then thou art going to share the kingdom of the only begotten wilt thou not spring down upon ten thousand swords wouldst thou not leap into fire and this is not all that is strange but that when about to depart even thou bewailest and wouldst gladly dwell amongst the things which are here being a lover of the body what fancy is this dost thou regard even death as a thing of terror the cause of this is luxury ease for he at least that should live an embittered life would wish even for wings and to be loosed from hence but now it is the same with us as with the spoiled nestlings which would willingly remain for ever in the nest 
but the longer they remain the feebler they become for the present life is a nest cemented together with sticks and mire yea shouldest thou show me even the great mansions yea the royal palace itself glittering with all its gold and precious stones i shall think them no better than the nest of swallows for when the winter is come they will all fall of themselves by winter i mean that day not that it will be winter to all for god also calleth it both night and day the first in regard of sinners the latter of the just so do i also now call it winter if in the summer we have not been well brought up so as to be able to fly when winter is come our mothers will not take us but will leave us to die of hunger or to perish when the nest falls for easily as it were a nest or rather more easily will god in that day remove all things undoing and new moulding all but they which are unfledged and not able to meet him in the air but have been so grossly brought up that they have no lightness of wing will suffer those things which reason is such characters should suffer now the brood of swallows when they are fallen perish quickly but we shall not perish but be punished for ever that season will be winter or rather more severe than winter for not winter torrents of water roll down but rivers of fire not darkness that riseth from clouds is there but darkness that cannot be dispelled and without a ray of light so that they cannot see either the heaven nor the air but are more straitened than those who have been buried in the earth oftentimes do we say these things but there are home we cannot bring to believe but it is nothing wonderful if we men of small account are thus treated when we discourse of such things since the same happened to the prophets also when they spoke not of such matters only but also of war and captivity and zedekiah was rebuked by jeremiah and was not ashamed therefore the prophets said woe unto them that say let god hasten with speed his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the holy one of israel come that we may know it let us not wonder at this for neither did those believe who were in the days of the ark they believed however when their belief was of no gain to them neither did they of sodom expect their fate howbeit they too believed when they gained nothing by believing and why do i speak of the future who would have expected these things which are now happening in diverse places these earthquakes these overthrows of cities and yet were these things easier to believe than those those i mean which happened in the days of the ark whence is this evident because that the men of those times had no other example to look at neither had they heard the scriptures but with us on the other hand are countless instances that have happened both in our own and in former years but whence arose the unbelief of these persons from a softened soul they drank and ate and therefore they believed not 
for what a man wishes he thinks and expects and they that gainsay him are a jest but let it not be so with us for hereafter it will not be a flood nor the punishment till death only but death will be the beginning of punishment for persons who believe not that there is a judgment and doth any ask who has come from thence and said so if now thou speakest thus in jest not even so is it well for one not ought to jest in such matters and we jest not where jesting is in place but with peril but if what thou really feelest and thou art of opinion that there is nothing hereafter how is it that thou callest thyself a christian for i take not into account those who are without why receivest thou the labour why dost thou set foot within the church is it that we promise thee magistracies all our hope is in the things to come why then comest thou if thou believest not the scriptures if thou dost not believe christ i cannot call such an one a christian god forbid but worse than even greeks in what respect in this that when thou thinkest christ is god thou believest him not as god for in that other impiety there is at least consistency for he who thinks not that christ is god necessarily will also not believe him but this impiety has not even consistency to confess him to be god and yet not to think him worthy of belief in what he has said these are the words of drunkenness of luxury of riot let us eat and drink for to-morrow we die not to-morrow but now ye are dead when ye thus speak shall we then be in nothing different from swine and asses tell me for if there be neither a judgment nor a retribution nor a tribunal wherefore have we been honoured with such a gift as reason and have all things put under us why do we rule and are they ruled see how the devil is on every side urgent to persuade us to be ignorant of the gift of god he mixes together the slaves with their masters like some man's dealer and ungrateful servant he strives to degrade the free to the level of the criminal and he seems indeed to be overthrowing the judgment but he is overthrowing the being of god for such is ever the devil's way he puts forward everything in a wily and not in a straightforward manner to put us on our guard if there is no judgment god is not just i speak as a man if god is not just then there is no god at all if there is no god all things go on haphazard virtue is not vice not but he says nothing of this openly seest thou the drift of this satanical argument how instead of men he wishes to make us brutes or rather wild beast or rather demons let us then not be persuaded by him for there is a judgment o wretched and miserable man 
i know whence thou comest to use such words thou hast committed many sins thou hast offended thou hast no confidence thou thinkest that the nature of things will even follow thy arguments meanwhile saith he i will not torment my soul with the expectation of hell and if there be a hell i will persuade it that there is none meanwhile i will live here in luxury why dost thou add sin to sin if when thou hast sinned thou believest that there is a hell thou wilt depart with the penalty of thy sins only to pay but if thou add this further impiety thou wilt also for thine impiety and for this thy thought suffer the uttermost punishment and what was a cold and short-lived comfort to thee will be a ground for thy being punished for ever thou hast sinned be it so why dost thou encourage others also to sin by saying that there is no hell why didst thou mislead the simpler sort why unnerve the hands of the people so far as thou art concerned everything is turned upside down neither will the good become better but listless nor the wicked desist from their wickedness for if we corrupt others do we get allowance for our sins seest thou not the devil how he tempted to bring down adam and has there then been allowance for him nay surely it will be the occasion of a greater punishment that he may be punished not for his own sins only but also for those of others let us not then suppose that to bring down others into the same destruction with ourselves will make the judgment seat more lenient to us surely this will make it more severe why thrust we ourselves on destruction the whole of this cometh of satan o man hast thou sinned thou hast for thy master one that loveth man entreat implore weep groan and terrify others and pray them that they fall not into the same if in a house some servant of those that had offended their master says to his son my child i have offended the master do thou be careful to please him that thou be not as i tell me will he not have some forgiveness will he not bend and soften his master but if leaving so to speak he shall say such words as these that he will not requite every one according to his deserts that all things are jumbled together indiscriminately both good and bad that there is no thanks in this house what thinkest thou will be the master's mind concerning him will he not suffer a severer punishment for his own misdoings justly so for in the former case his feeling will plead for him though it be but weakly but in this nobody if no other then yet imitate at least that rich man in hell who said father abraham send to my kinsmen lest they come into this place since he could not go himself so that they might not fall into the same condemnation let us have done with such satanical words what then saith he when the greeks put questions to us 
wouldst thou not that we should try to cure them but by casting the christian into perplexity under the pretence of curing the greek thou aimest at establishing thy satanical doctrine for since when communing with thy soul alone of these things thou persuadest her not thou desirest to bring forward others as witnesses but if one must reason with a greek the discussion should not begin with this but whether christ be god and the son of god whether those gods of theirs be demons if these points be established all the others follow but before making good the beginning it is vain to dispute about the end before learning the first elements it is superfluous and unprofitable to come to the conclusion the greek disbelieves the judgment and he is in the same case with thyself seeing that he too hath many who have treated these things in their philosophy and albeit when they so spoke they held the soul as separated from the body still they set up a seat of judgment and the thing is so very clear that no one scarcely is ignorant of it but both poets and all are agreed among themselves that there is both a tribunal and a judgment so that the greek also disbelieves his own authorities and the jew doth not doubt about these things nor in a word doth any man why then deceive we ourselves see thou sayest these things to me what wilt thou say to god that fashioned our hearts one by one that knoweth everything that is in the mind that is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword for tell me with truth dost thou not condemn thyself and how should wisdom so great is that one who sins should condemn himself come by chance for this is a work of mighty wisdom thou condemnest thyself and will he who giveth thee such thoughts leave everything to go on at hazard the following rule then will hold universally and strictly not one of those who live in virtue wholly disbelieves the doctrine of the judgment even though he be greek or heretic none save a few of those who live in great wickedness receive the doctrine of the resurrection and this is what the psalmist says thy judgments are taken away from before his face wherefore because his ways are always profane for he saith let us eat and drink for to-morrow we die seest thou that thus to speak is the mark of the grovelling of eating and drinking come these sayings which are subversive of the resurrection for the soul endures not i say it endures not the tribunal which the conscience supplieth and so it is with it as with a murderer who first suggests to himself that he shall not be detected and so goes on to slay for had his conscience been his judge he would not hastily have come to that daring wickedness and still he knows and pretends not to know lest he should be tortured by conscience and fear for certainly in that case he would have been less resolute for the daring deed so too assuredly they who sin and day by day wallow in the same wickedness 
are unwilling to know it, although their consciences pluck at them. But let us give no heed to such persons, for there will be, there will assuredly be, a judgment and a resurrection, and God will not leave so great works without direction. Wherefore, I beseech you, let us leave off wickedness, and lay fast hold on virtue, that we may receive the true doctrine in Christ Jesus our Lord. And yet, which is easier to receive, the doctrine of the resurrection, or that of fate? The latter is full of injustice, of absurdity, of cruelty, of inhumanity, the other of righteousness, awarding according to desert, and still men do not receive it. But the fault is indolence, for no one that hath understanding receives the other. For amongst the Greeks even, they who did receive that doctrine were those who in their definition of pleasure affirmed it to be the end. But they who loved virtue would not receive it, but they cast it out as absurd. But if among the Greeks this were so, much more will it hold good with the doctrine of the resurrection. And observe, I pray you, how the devil hath established two contrary things. For in order that we may neglect virtue and pay honor to demons, he brought in this necessity, and by means of each he procured the belief of both. What reason then will he be able to give who obstinately disbelieves a thing so admirable and is persuaded by those who talk so idly? Do not then support thyself with the consolation that thou wilt meet with forgiveness, but let us, collecting all our strength, stir ourselves up to virtue, and let us live truly to God, in Christ Jesus our Lord, etc. End of homily 2